0: Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler directed film *The Best Years of Our Lives*. One minute of screen time per episode. I am Jay Cluett, and I'm Mark Hoffmeyer, and we host Deep Blue Sea the podcast. On this episode, we're discussing minute 159 of *The Best Years of Our Lives*. The minute starts with Fred inspecting a dirty windscreen and ends with Fred remembering his time at war whilst sweating.
1: It plays it plays like a horror movie. Just it the, way really does.
0: They,
1: the way that you know the, the the um just the pans and the way that they, they move up on the plane with him just sitting there and then the like you said earlier, I'm gonna steal it from you, the heavy horns. <laughs> I, I love the editing of it. And I started researching for this episode that they estimated that seventy six thousand eight hundred and seventy five aircraft were destroyed or damaged, forty thousand were total losses. And in the World War II the whole war, 50% of aircrew were killed on operations. Twelve were killed or wounded in non-operational accidents, and 13% became prisoners of war or evaders. Only 24% survived World War II unscathed. Wow. So, I mean, the, the, that dude—he had—we we learned earlier that dude that he had seen Man. combat. You know, he had been injured. He had been in shock. He had lost blood, and he he had killed. And so getting them back into this, the way they shot it, I think just captures kind of the fear and the way that like it shows just it's like it's almost like showing like a skeleton. Like it, it's shocking to see their engines gone and they're just being stripped apart. Uh, it, it just plays it plays like a really interesting horror movie. And I, I love this minute.
0: Yeah, it's this is kind of the culmination of Fred's storyline where he he is this plane. He's not at war anymore. He's useless in the eyes of the of the country uh, where there's nothing he can do this plane's had its engines removed it's mm-hmm. useless now it, can, it can't go anywhere it's just sat it's a lump it's there on the It can't do anything as far as he's concerned he's useless he can't do anything he's trying to escape this plane can't even do that it's just stuck here Yeah, you know, we find out tomorrow that maybe there is some hope there is something they can do but until then it's, it's just like a, a, an impotent lump it, it's just it's in the way. It's just taking up space. Yeah, it's it's rough. But I, I love uh, you, you said the the brass. I love the the swell of the, the brass whenever you get to each engine, just it's just a, in the score. It's great.
1: It, it just play, doesn't it play like decapitate. It it seems like they've been like decapitated or it's just the arms, right? The like he's lost his wings essentially with yeah. these things. And and I I don't think it draws a parallel to Homer, but I, it just. Uh, just to go from dusting from last week or yesterday or whenever we talked about it to to this, this just like just wonderfully tense scored. I mean, some may, I guess some may say it's over the top, but I love the aesthetic of it. And also before we even get to that, when he walks into the plane and sits down, that is framed so well. That shot of it, just that shot in the plane. I think it looks beautiful. They frame it wonderfully, and also—is that a bullet hole above him?
0: It is, yeah. Right, right, at the end of this minute, there's just you catch just a glimpse of a bullet hole in the in the glass. Such a nice touch. Yeah, <laughs> this this plane scene some action.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it's just and just when they cut over to these things and just seeing the way that the engines have been, you know, removed and uh, it's such a good. And I love how they just walk up to it, like that shows just such excellent camera work, and uh, I dig it. It's probably, I think it's my favorite moment of the, of this film. I really do. No words, just a story through pictures.
0: Yeah, it's very well done. It's, it's pictures and score. So yeah, no no dialogue, yeah. but the... I know that uh, William Wilder hated the score, but it's very effective in this sequence without without any dialogue to guide us along.
1: I mean, this, I guess what he wanted to avoid, some people, what he wanted to avoid with this movie was there is some melodrama, but I think he did want to avoid those overly sweeping themes, right? The the supreme melodrama, the the kind of faux drama of it all. He wanted it to be this these people return home and and try to get back to their lives. So I would say this is the most this is by far the most heightened moment of any of the minutes. I would I think, just the way it's scored.
0: Yeah, oh well, yeah, definitely. It's 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 very intense. Uh, just, just if you sat, just list. If you had no visuals and just sat listening to the music, you can tell something, something dramatic is occurring on screen. Uh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's just, uh, it's framed well. You, you just go. He gets on the plane and he immediately remembers, just what the terror he saw. I mean, I read those numbers up there. Like only twenty percent remained unscathed throughout the war. That's gnarly numbers. And you almost get to the point of he wondered, like, you know, what's interesting too is. I've never been in a combat situation, no, not even close, but when you're in these situations, you're probably not thinking about what you're going to do when you get home. You, and you may daydream about it, but you're just sort of thinking about, am I going to, like, I got to survive. It yeah. just, does that make sense? You're in the now. so
0: Yeah, I'm it's daydream. not about, it's about making sure you can get home, or that there's a home to get back to, rather than mm-hmm. what you'll do when you get there. I think maybe, I think servicemen probably just assumed life would go back to normal perhaps uh it, it didn't for many people as you know is mm-hmm. what the film's about but yeah I, I think it is it's a very sad uh, state of affairs that these these people gave so much did so much and then came back and were unwanted seemingly mm-hmm.
1: yeah just you think you're not like you're just thinking about the next mission and you're probably missing whoever's home but like when you get back, you probably don't have... you didn't have time for a plan, or you didn't have time to get hooked up. I mean, um, and also too, this character, Fred, he's less affluent than the other characters, so he... you see his parents' house. Like, it's not nearly as nice as Al's or Homer's.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely. And, like, he had that a fairly small apartment with Marie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, she, she was working initially at the start of the film. Uh, Making that money. Yeah.
1: And it's just... You know, his dad is great, but his dad... I mean that's a tiny place they live in, and so he can't hook him up with a job. So I don't know, it's just wild to think these these guys who could fly planes and drop bombs, and then they they go back to this job. It's got to be tough. It's it's um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, there's the
0: whole there's the whole scene in the drugstore where he's got he's got no transferable skills, or he does a terrible job at trying to sell any transferable skills he has. It's a frustrating yeah. scene where he's like, Nah, nothing I did was of any use to you. Like, what, what, how do you think this combination is going to go, mate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try and sell he yourself had, a little bit better.
1: That's a great point. He didn't. Uh, he probably didn't think about <laughs> that. Where I kept a very strict protocol. You have to follow the rules when you're in these planes. There's right. formations. There's understanding of what wind speed, trajectory, targets, maps, math. Uh, just but getting a, back
0: fuel range, uh, weight. But everything, everything he's asked, like, did you do? Did you command any men? Did you uh, do anything? Any useful? Like, no, no, not really. Just, uh, no. just drop some bombs. Said, well, there's a way to, uh, there's a way to reframe everything, <laughs> and he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't do it.
1: Don't they joke around about on resumes where it's like, I changed a light bulb. I set up a stationary elevated lift and I yeah. went up and did some heavy electricity and I switched out a light giving device into another light giving device. You, you can frame it and write yeah. it differently. But like you said, it's a different time.
0: Huh? My, my first job was working in a, in a stationary shop, little, little, little shop. And I worked on Saturdays. One Saturday, it's when I was sixteen. I think. One Saturday, uh, the woman who was in charge of the shop on, on Saturdays, she had to go home early for a family family emergency, so I had to lock up. So I was on my own for the last forty-five minutes to an hour. And that night, I changed my CV to acting store manager. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Entrusted with yes. locking up the store at night. Exactly, because you know it, you can you can reframe everything. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love it.
1: Yeah, and, and, but. I don't think he had, I guess at that time you weren't thinking about that, right? You just thought, hey, I'm coming back, I got my wife, I should be able to find a job because, you know, I'm a vet. Yeah. But it, that's just not something you consider.
0: Yeah, the, the, people, but, the people who stayed back home, they were gaining the experience they'd need back in that world. Whereas mm-hmm. he, he was gaining a whole different experience that just, just wasn't transferable. And I'm sure other people have already covered this on those minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's still sucking. good, though. And... It, I,
1: I think it brings us back into this plane. It's, it's the culmination of all that. It's, it's, and also it's kind of nice that it shows us and doesn't tell us. It shows us his state of mind, but it never outwardly tells us. And I love that about it. That's good filmmaking. Show me, don't tell me. So this scene, it recreates the horror that he feels, but also without the engines, it kind of shows where he's at. It's just good filmmaking. And it's, yeah, lot lot of horn too.
0: Yeah, and this was a scene I talked about a couple of days ago about that was just made up on the spot. That, that this wow. this Fred in the bomber compartment that wasn't part of the original script. They just they they winged it on the day. They winged it. Pretty much, but by, by the sounds of things, yeah.
1: I just love the term "winged it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but didn't Orson Welles say happy accidents happen? Yeah,
0: I think I think well, that's, he did. So all the best best films have things that weren't scripted i think
1: <laughs> yeah just you know, i love you i know uh, just uh raiders of the lost ark
0: it's well our, our favorites of jaws and jurassic park they were blighted by uh, machinery the animals going wrong and they mm-hmm. had to work around those so
1: and hurricanes yeah exactly blowing away sets so you can't finish sam jackson's death
0: <laughs> crickets crickets running over the whole ah! set
1: <laughs> cricket compassionate yeah you gotta you gotta be able to work around it and the the happy accident that they created here, I mean, I think, I think just looks, looks beautiful. It's it's, ah, man, I, I'm t- this is my favorite moment of, of the film. Just the visual storytelling, I guess. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk to Homer with taking off um his uh hooks with his fiance. I mean, there's there's so many good moments actually. You can't say that, but uh, I keep this, saying it. This is it, one of the good ones. It. Yeah, but I keep saying it. But I just love horror of it it's it's shot so well i did notice a little bit of a jaw score in there too which i'm not saying williams ripped that off but there's kind of elements to it when they're panning up to him on the plane yeah there's there's some pretty deep sounds that that go that way and i mean just maybe they found the plane with the bullet hole to add in there or whether they built it there i don't i just love maybe they moment. shot
0: the plane <laughs> <laughs> Shoot a plane. <laughs> we need this look great. look more realistic. Shoot it. Yeah, it. Doesn't it look great? Just it does. the the
1: bullet hole. It's so ominous, and it adds that level of danger. And it's all visual storytelling. It's obviously you look at a movie, it's visual. But how many so many movies tell us, right? They don't show us. So this scene just respects. I mean, actually, I don't know if it respects us because of the score. Because I mean, the score tells us how to feel. But. I think we're seeing what's in his head, as yeah. opposed to it's it's just oh, I dig it. I dig it.
0: It's um I mean, that, that that bullet hole. Did that kill the equivalent of his of him in that plane? Was there a bombardier in that compartment who isn't alive anymore because of that bullet hole? Oh wow, maybe. Yeah,
1: I got it paused right now in the shot where it's just where they're they're starting to move towards him and he's just sitting in the plane looking out without the engines. Yeah. Oh man. It's just, you know, he's kind of reliving those memories. And it humanizes him, I think, too, because so many people in, in combat, we've just never been there, so we can't talk to anybody about it. But then a lot of the guys back then didn't want to talk about it. So you're not going to have a
0: scene where he talks about it, and then you're not going to have a scene
1: where you're, where, where, they, where they show it. So this is such a good representation of his mindset.
0: Yeah, and that's why people like William Wyler, who, you know, they went to war and then they made films about war. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a very important uh, these are important films that... Like, before this Movies per Minute project came along for the best years of our lives, I'd heard of the film in passing. I know it was a Best Picture winner. Uh, it appears on the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die list, which is a little personal project of mine. But I'd never never—I'd heard maybe one or two people say, I've seen it, it's great, it, but it's, it's practically forgotten. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until a few months ago that I even... Like it was streaming anywhere in the UK. It's on Amazon Prime at the moment. I, you know, I was grateful that this project came along to give me a reason to, to watch it and to review it. But if if it hadn't and I'd missed it on Prime, I don't know if I'd get a chance to watch it again because it's it's been very difficult to track to get hold of. So I just I feel like this film should be discussed more. It should be used in the teaching of history at, le- at least, for, mm-hmm. for World War Two.
1: Do you think since it's so good and not flashy and very mature and not totally melodramatic that i mean i mean the casting i mean the the bringing in some of these these people who actually had accidents in war i mean i think maybe we we don't think about it much because it's just so good but it's not showy
0: yeah, does that make it, sense? It's it's a mature mature is a good word. It's a it's a drama. It's a solid drama. It's not there's not a lot of big action set pieces. There's a fight in a drugstore. That's pretty much it. That's, that's the action. Yeah. There's great narratives. There's arcs. There's really great characters. Fantastic acting throughout. But it's not it's not a showy film. It's mm-hmm. I think uh, younger audiences would get bored, but potentially. Uh, it's only really if you're if you're into film, into film history, into the subject matter, I think that you would stick with it. Because again, it's it's a long film. It's ten minutes shy of three hours, so you mm-hmm. got to dedicate that time. I think we we both watched it in chunks, uh, just because you know, we're we're both busy people. It's mm-hmm. difficult to block out three hours to watch a film. But then again, I don't know how many times I've watched Avengers Endgame, which is longer than this, but it's a lot flashier.
1: <laughs> and there's no massive love stories, right? I mean, I guess there is a love story, but. It's not It's not like an epic sweeping love story or like a Gone with the Wind, right? It's like Cross Lovers. Yeah, or Casablanca or Meet Cutes, like Roman Holiday, stuff like that. There's, yeah. oh, which actually Weiler directed, didn't he? Did he not? Yeah, he directed Roman Holiday. Uh, Weiler do, did. Okay, I, I
0: missed that one. Oh, oh, you never watched that one? <laughs> not yet. Got it on DVD, had it for years. Yeah. Never got around it, to sticking it in the 53. DVD player.
1: Got it. Yeah, he, I mean, he did it in 53
0: okay uh, roman
1: holiday and but the iconic visual of the moped and ben hur has the iconic chariot races that he also directed
0: i've seen that one i've seen ben hur <laughs>
1: <laughs> that chariot race dude oh my gosh and those sets that they built this one just doesn't have and don't kill me on this but i don't just this one doesn't have it's just good it's all around good and it's well acted but it just doesn't have a chariot chase it doesn't have that yeah. sweeping and there is a romance there really is
0: it lacks spectacle
1: not, yeah exactly so I think it's one of those movies that's fallen under the radar because it wasn't a controversy when it won the Oscar so it's not going to pop up in best of lists yeah because it, 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 some of those movies just have a, everyone's always going to talk about Crash right? or Shakespeare in Love because who they beat out or Dances of the Wolves beat Goodfellas and so uh, maybe that's one why, why the legacy of this film hasn't stayed so strong I don't know. Is that,
0: I don't know what you think. I think yeah, that's, that's I think that's right. I mean, if if Marriage Story had won the last Oscar at it's of recording Parasite is the most recent best picture winner. I feel like if Marriage Story had won, it would be of a similar ilk to Best Years of Our Lives, where it's a great film, it's great performances, Best Years of Our Lives is better, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marriage Story is, is good, but it's not showy other than some like acting se- like real dramatic acting sequences of Adam Driver punching a wall or whatever. There's no like big trailer moment to entice people in. it's uh, I mean similar to Parasite. Parasite's mostly a drama, but it's got a few it's got it's more notable in other ways. The table moments and like the sex scenes and Yeah. And the death. Yeah, we won't we won't go into it any more uh, than that. But yeah, uh, I mean Looking back through some of the previous winners, I feel like Spotlight is a, a winner that has dipped yeah. in memory a little bit because it's not showy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um, I, I look back at Spotlight and I remember people looking through files and knocking on doors, but I don't remember anything more than that. I, don't, I know some people who love Spotlight. I need to watch it again, clearly. But the Best Picture winner isn't always the showiest film, mm-hmm. uh, which is a problem for me. I, I feel like... I know you don't agree, but uh, Mission Impossible Fallout was... Perhaps the greatest film of the year that came out, and it got very little in terms of Oscar love.
1: <laughs> well, that's a great point. And, you know, when I watched Fallout, I said it should have gotten Oscar love. But I, I guess I just spent a lot of time with it, and I started thinking about the plan, then I started thinking about that they say plutonium 8,000 times, <laughs> and how I hate plutonium as the major device of a movie. Oh, you prefer unobtainium. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, no, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go out on a No, it's fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's just, I think it's just some movies can be so good that they just aren't, it won't be in a classic death moment. It won't be in a, but I mean, it's number 25, it's in the top 25 of AFI. It's in the top 25 of several of their lists. I mean, it, it's easy to leave out of the top 10 because when you're thinking about Best Picture winners, you're just not thinking about this
0: movie. Yeah, because cause it yeah. doesn't get discussed. Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, I've never flicked around the TV channels and found it on a Sunday afternoon. It's just never happened. And even if I did, I don't know if I'd stick with it. hmm But that's that's on me. I should. Yeah, I, but... I really liked this film. It's a, a great film that I've recommended to people since I've watched it. So I'm grateful to having had this chance to see it.
1: I think I got into the cinema a lot more when I read Five Game Back. And so once I real like got in touch with who these directors were i started really exploring their stuff and then it had more context as opposed to like the time frame but yeah no, that's uh, it's a good scene great i'm glad we got to talk about this one this one's this one's
0: great yeah me too okay well that's uh that's minute 159 of the best years of our lives. The listeners, you can find the Best Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com, or over on Facebook at Butcher's Place, the best years of our lives, Listeners Cafe, or on Twitter at the best minutes. Foreman 159, I have been Jake Lewitt. And I'm Mark Hoffmeyer. And come back tomorrow to hear more of us for one last time on the Best Minutes Podcast. But she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.